Hello, welcome to Skull RPG Podcast. My name is Dwight Skull. My name is Jacob Skull. And today we're going to teach you how to tell, tell your, your story. story. So what would you do if you have a player that makes an outrageous choice or an outrageous ask? Yeah, so let's just like maybe do something very... Um, so I'll, I'll do one. When, when I first started teaching some, uh, basically a couple of kids older than you, but they were probably in their, I don't know, early teens, how to play D&D. This would have been 3-5. Um, you know, when you kind of have a new player, they wanted to take their level two fighter and they wanted to jump up on a table, run across, do cartwheels across the table, pick up like two or three throwing knives and throw the knives at the guy at the end of the table on the way through, jump off the table, pull out their sword and then kill the guy at the other end of the table. And this is what they wanted to do for their action. So of course, that's a very outrageous ask. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, you're kind of like looking at all the numbers going, you're level three. Like if you're a level 20 rogue, I mean, yeah, you could probably do some really cool stuff. But at level three, the answer to that question is probably not. So what do you do? Do you allow it to happen and then make them make the rolls and have them fall on their face and then learn a horrible lesson and maybe never want to play the game again? Mm-hmm. Do you kindly explain to them what rules would have to be invoked for that to happen. And then ask them again, like, are you sure you want to try to do that? Um, Cause we'd have to break that up into two actions, but I mean, cause again, an action is only six, six seconds. So, you know, cartwheels attacking seven times and jump off the table is probably not in your ability right now because you only have one attack. Um, and you're using an improvised weapon and all these things. So, Again, that's an example of an outrageous thing and a couple of options. Another outrageous op- uh, option might be, um, you know, the second your hook comes into play, they want to kill them um, because maybe you set it up a little bit too, I don't know, you you basically made them paranoid with your flavor text. You know, like you're, again, it's kind of the, um, you know, actually Lord of the Rings is a great example of this. So Strider's introduction in the Lord of the Rings is this shady guy in the back of the corner that the bartender is even afraid of. And he's done nothing but just stare down the hobbits the entire time. And then as soon as Frodo goes like he catches the ring and goes instantly um, invisible, Strider is like in the hallway after Frodo takes the ring off and he's threatening him. And then you kind of do a cut scene in the movie anyway to like the ring race showing up that night and then basically butchering the beds. And you find out that they're actually in Strider's room, thank God, across the way. So what if the hobbits had tried to attack Strider? Well, first of all, we all laugh at that because Strider has like, you know, 20 levels in something and the hobbits are like level two commoners. But mm-hmm. let's say they actually could do some damage, right? So you have this outrageous ask and everything's going to everything's going crazy. So here's what I would do just in general about outrageous asks. First, if it's so outrageous that it breaks all the rules, I would explain that. So the first example, I'm going to do cartwheels across the table, pick up improvised knives and throw them at somebody. Okay, cool. So for your action, you're going to jump on the table and you're going to start to do a cartwheel. So I'm going to have to have you do an acrobatic check about, you know, through the thing. Because you're doing cartwheels on a table that's full of plates, it's going to have to be probably a 15 or a 20. You only have like maybe three ranks in acrobatics right now, so you would have to roll pretty high. If you were to fail, depending on how bad you failed, you might cartwheel off the table, you might fall on your face, you might just slip into the pudding. You know, or you put your hand in the soup and your hand goes, the hand on the bowl go out from underneath you. 
you're also wanting to improvise grab knives on the way. Well, I'm going to make you do another, like maybe a sleight of hand or a acrobat, another acrobatics check. And this is going to be really even more high because you're going to still need those hands to do the, the rest of the cartwheel through. Maybe with a balance check, check to be able to steady yourself and mm-hmm. make cartwheel to pull the knife before the sleight of hand. Yeah, I mean, so many things could happen. And then you're going to throw them at a person. Okay, well, are you proficient in steak knives? I mean, maybe, maybe well, not. Improvised throwing. Improvised throwing. I mean, there's so many different things where it's like, and you want to you want to do this with two knives. Okay, fine. We well, only get one attack. So do you have the ability to throw two knives at the same time? I mean, maybe you're one of the classes that does have that ability. Fine. But you will know that as well as I do. Improvised weapons like a minus something. Obviously, it's like a minus four in D&D 3.5. And then um, to attack, if even when you had this skill, it's still at a minus two for both attacks. So you're going to take a minus six on these attacks. I guess. I mean, I guess he's surprised. So I guess he's flat-footed. But I don't know what you gain out of this. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you want to do is jump off the table. Okay. Jump is a horrible skill, by the way. It's, I mean, it's almost pointless. And then you're going to, what, kick a guy in the face on the way down? Okay, that's some craziness. Let's talk about what those look like. And after I explain that all done to them, they're like, well, what, am I just supposed to attack him? I'm like, well, at this level, yeah. I mean, at this level, you should draw your sword as you're walking over and attack him. It's it's a lot easier. It's, yeah, it's not as cool, but it still gets your point through. And it's also a lot more effective in terms of the dice, because even if you're able to do all of that. Yeah. Unarmed, unarmed attack, which is a kick at a fighter level, is only like a D four. Yeah, it's and then not. you're only talking like maybe a D six for each one of those knives at some minuses, or you could go grab your sword for a D eight and hit them with, and yeah. hit them for sure five. Now notice what I didn't do. I didn't tell you. I didn't say no. Mm-hmm. I just said if you wish to do this, this is what's going to have to look like. And I think one of them was like, "Yeah, that's what I want to do." I'm like, "Okay, we'll start rolling first thing out." He did the acrobatic check and failed it and slipped right off the bench into some lady's lap. Done. That was his turn. Mm-hmm. And now he's prone. I mean, it, it wasn't like I said no. It was just like you, what you want to do, you're going to have to roll really, really good on. And think about it. If you were to do that at home, so tonight at dinner, kick down your chair, jump up on the table, cartwheel across grab two or three butter knives in the process and then throw them at a, at a, you know, at a dartboard across the end of the table as you're doing cartwheels to pick all that up and you're only getting one try at it. Some of you might do it, but if you're not trained in cartwheels and you're not trained in grabbing improvised throwing material and you don't train with throwing knives, the chances of you doing it gets a little bit less every single time to the point where for the most part, I would look at it and go, well, I can't even do a cartwheel. Yeah. So I would fail at that even before I tried. Yeah. Like the only class I can think of in 3-5 that I might give him the ability on some bonuses to do that at that level would be a drunken bra- brawler. Drunken brawler. Absolutely. Because that's the whole point of that class is to be dumb. I'm sorry. But it, it is. Mm-hmm. It's, it is the way it is. But so beyond like a level 15 rogue. Yeah. Being able to pull that off without a hitch. The only thing I would do is be a drunken brawler. Right. And even then, pretty good high-level drunken mm-hmm. brawler, not just level three. So I haven't said no. They could try it, and they know that there's consequences if they fail. Fine. 
Um, the other example of uh, they're going to kill my hook, you know, well, okay, maybe they do kill the hook and then you have to come up with an inventive way to get around that. Or maybe you take a step back and realize and think about who your players are before you give them this, you know, there's a shadowy figure in the corner who's been staring you down all night and doesn't leave his eyes off of you. That sounds very threatening. And that does sound threatening. It, as opposed to, hey, everybody, make me just a casual spot check. Okay. Hey, you notice that there's a figure in the corner that's been that glan- that's been glancing over to you guys a little bit more than anybody else. That's okay. less threatening. It doesn't seem like he's, you know, I mean, especially especially if I'm like. There's a bigger guy in the corner who's got his blade sitting on the table, all of which look razor sharp. He's got a scowl on his face and, a, and, a ha- and one of his eyes is missing. He looks like he's been in a fight before. He's doing nothing but staring you down with his good eye and he's sharpening his knives. I mean, it's like, holy crap. Like, I mean, does he have a human head on the table too? I mean, you might as well just like told your players to go kill oh, this guy. And make a spot check. Oh, he has a mounted crossbow underneath the table that's aimed right at you. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, it's not... It's not rocket science to realize your frame up of the hook could be 98% of the problem of like, how come my players always kill my hook? Well, if they're going to do something outlandish, the question you have to ask yourself is, am I setting them up to always do outlandish things? Or am I giving them the flavor text and the ability to realize this isn't a crazy deal? And there's not a bad thing in just saying, hold up for a second. Like if you did like for whatever reason, decide to draw up a page of flavor text. Don't do that. But if you did, realize back off a second and go, okay, hold up. Or make it fun. Make them do a knowledge check, like right? Some sort of other check really quick. Uh, do a knowledge local check or do a, just a straight intelligence check, everybody. Oh, okay. You realize that you're in a seedier part of the country. Everybody kind of looks like this guy. You know what I mean? Like maybe just diffuse the tension a little bit. And you're in a port city. Everybody's a gruff sailor who looks like they're stacked because they have to be for their job. Right. Exactly. Well, and so like if they do end up killing your hook, you could easily just have whatever they were supposed to have as information on them and then flip them to be a bad guy as opposed to a good guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, if they're supposed to be like a good NPC to lead you to where you're supposed to go, Maybe you just flip that on its head as they search the body. This guy actually was nefarious because you set him up to be nefarious because of your flavor text. And now you find out, oh, he's got a map to this thing. Yep. And maybe there's some, like, maybe it's like hit the, hit the caravan at midnight or, you know, strike the village at XYZ time. And so then they go, oh, well, we better get over to this village on this map because he's, there's some sort of assault being planned on them. Yep. And then you could also throw in a thing, if depending on what your story is, is, oh, yeah, this guy's orders was to help you and then backstab you. So good job. You guys prevented the backstab. There you go, right? Could be on there. Meet the players, help, and then destroy, right? Something like that. So then, yeah, actually, then it looks like, oh, we did a good job on this. Be careful with that, of course, because obviously you don't want your players thinking that they need to kill every single hook and every single old lady that comes up to them. Um, but at the end of the day, if they do end up doing that a little bit, you can roll with it and maybe then just have them have a conversation with them, you know, outside the game and just say, Hey guys, every hook I'm going to throw at you is not going to be 
bad. Like there could just be like, you know, the orphan could actually just be an orphan, believe orphan. it or not. And then there's consequences for murdering, murdering an orphan in front of everybody in his town. <laughs> Did you just kill tiny Tim? Like, I mean, <laughs> he has polio for God's sake. Um, <laughs> like even Scrooge isn't that much of a jerk, you know? So anyway, that said, that is kind of how you can roll with your players making some really weird decisions. And it doesn't have to be like you throwing the hammer down, saying no, or being all GM killy with the whole thing where you're just now going to kill the party because they're being dumb. You can roll with it and not have them face some consequences. And if they keep doing it, maybe that's when you start looking at some consequences. I would do an out of game conversation first, just saying, hey, guys, all of my hooks are not going to be like, you know. The, the bad NPCs, there literally will just be an old lady and an orphan who are an old lady or an orphan, I mean, and uh, just roll with it that way. So we will see you guys tomorrow. Hey, thanks for listening. And for more resources, please go to SkullRPG.com.